Um, but as far as black women in breweries, it wasn't something that I would see very often. And so as I became more and more engaged and involved in just like the craft beer industry in the world, um, I realized that there was a lack of diversity and inclusion um, just on a bigger scale as a whole. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age well with vibrance and energy. And Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and her lovely music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest on Zestful Aging. Find out more about her music on judybanker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses, and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, as usual, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side taking a power nap. So let's begin. We have a great interview for you today. And some people will ask me, you know, how do I find such a variety of interesting people? So I'll tell you a little backstory. I wanted to share with you how I found today's guest. I was actually rehabbing for my plantar fasciitis at physical therapy doing my exercises and I'm watching the news loop and our next guest came on talking about her brilliant way of bringing more women of color into the microbrewery space and I immediately got on my phone to track her down. Eugenia Brown is a Cicerone certified beer server and that's a certification which requires study and an exam and she's the founder of Beer Chick and a beer influencer who uses her platform to to celebrate, empower, and connect people who share a love of beer. She's active in her community and she's an advocate and champion for diversity and inclusion in all spaces and places. And her goal is to continue to change the narrative as a black woman in the craft beer industry and continue to elevate the voices of other women of color who enjoy drinking good beer. Beer. Welcome to the show, Eugenia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so fun. I have to say, like, I, I feel so fortunate. This was literally last week. I'm doing my, you know, boring exercises. I look up, there you are. I grab my phone. I'm like, I want this woman on my podcast. And then it happens. It's like magic. I'm so delighted to be speaking with you today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. And it's amazing. You know, when I did the TV interviews, I never even imagined it would be on the news in New York. So the fact that, you know, I'm here in North Carolina and you're there and it has such a broad reach makes me really happy. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know 
I, I know a little bit about microbrew um, culture, uh, obviously not as much as you, but my understanding, and I don't know if this is true for North Carolina, but in upstate New York now, there are microbrews next to microbrews um, on every block. It's really exploded. And my understanding of that is that there was a change in law, at least in New York, that allowed microbreweries to um, uh, do so without a very expensive license. Do, do you know about that or can you clarify that? Yeah, well, I'm not really sure about the license. I know, you know, state to state, there are definitely different rules and regulations, but I know um, within North Carolina, really legislation was passed a few years ago regarding, I guess, how much beer a brewery could produce. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when le legislation changed, it opened up the door for a lot more microbreweries to open and produce mm -hmm. beer. So um, definitely here in North Carolina, we have a brewery on every corner and, <laughs> you know, you see them popping up in almost every neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's really a lovely thing, right? I mean, we're going to get into all the the beer and all of that and, 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 the taste and all of this and how you came to it, but it's it's a real community meeting place. Is that how it feels for you? Oh, definitely. I think, mm -hmm. you know, I've always said that beer is something that really brings people together. And so with these breweries opening in these neighborhoods, we're seeing that the goal is really to, you know, reach back in and help the community that they exist in. And so it's a great way to just, you know, create a space where it's fun and inviting and safe for everyone. And I think that's the ideal. Um, but how we go about that is really, you know, where I think I come in and why this initiative is so important to me. So let's talk about now, I can't leave that alone, because you thought of a really clever way to open this world up to people of color, women of color. Can you talk a little bit about how you did that? Yeah, you know, I fell in love with beer in college. And, you know, since then, I remember just going to breweries and just really loving the space and just feeling like it was a really inviting place. And so when I moved to North Carolina five years ago, um, I realized really quickly that there were tons of breweries in Charlotte. And so I began just really venturing now and um, visiting them. And one of the things that I always realized whenever I would step into the space is that um, quite often, I would never really see anyone that looked like me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every now and then I would possibly see a black guy. Um, but as far as black women in breweries, it wasn't something that I would see very often. Mm -hmm. And so as I became more and more engaged and involved in just like the craft beer industry in the world, um, I realized that there was a lack of diversity and inclusion um, just on a bigger scale as a whole. You you know, typically when you think of who drinks craft beer, the stereotype white guy with beard mm -hmm. comes to Mid mind. Middle-aged white guy with a beard with a Patagonia shirt it's, on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm really trying to change that narrative because as a black woman, um, I am a beer drinker and, you know, I prefer beer over anything else. And so... And just really thinking about all of this and thinking about ways that I could really get involved and make a difference, um, I decided to start a fundraiser and raise money to help women that may be interested into craft beer or interested in working in the industry get their level one certified um, beer server certification. And so that's the same certification that I have. And while most breweries don't really require it, um, more than ever we're seeing that breweries recommend that you get it because it just basically gives you a little bit of credibility 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 mm -hmm. and shows that you have um just that basic level of knowledge as it relates to beer and you know you can actually talk to people about beer and so mm -hmm. 
um, this was really my way of just helping women of color connect to the beer industry, whether as consumers or as, you know, beer drinkers turn beer workers and, and them just wanting to just grow professionally in this industry. So uh, what is your theory about why this is a white bearded male <laughs> kind of preppy Patagonia crowd because you you know you talked about listen I fell in love with with good beer in college were other women also enjoying it or where what happened <laughs> so that you know other women of color did not sort of join you in this space right um I think more than anything there is an exposure issue and so I was fortunate enough to go to a college where, you know, we had a really popular local brewery there and my college had great relationships with them. So a lot of the events that we had would actually take place in the brewery. And so um, Natty Greens in Greensboro, North Carolina is the brewery that I'm referring to. And UNCG, the college I went to, we would have alumni events there. You know, we were always having like social and networking events there. And so that was really my introduction to craft beer. Mm -hmm. And through that introduction and that relationship, um, I started venturing out more on my own and visiting more breweries. And I realized that, wow, you know, this isn't the beer that I grew up with my mom drinking because my mom drank really, really bad beer growing up. And so, <laughs> tell, tell, tell the truth. Let me guess. Um, what was it? Uh, she drank this beer called King Cobra, which is oh, like. Oh, <laughs> it's bad. Huh? It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. Is it, it like a intense. Schlitz or a. Something I think like it's that. It's like a malt liquor ish oh. drink. Um, but I just remember like sneaking a sip from her glass <laughs> and thinking to myself, oh gosh, I would never <laughs> drink beer. <laughs> you know, it's really funny because I, you know, I have to be honest, I have not really learned how to enjoy beer. The only beer that I really like, and I know you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, is the. Um, they're they're hazy right and they're new england and they often have a little citrus uh, you know do you know which ones i'm talking about the new england ipas well i mean i know exactly the style yeah. of beer you're talking yeah, about yeah. but so many different brands make those but yes typically your hazy citrusy ipa yeah um, I mean, the, the haze craze right now is a real thing and so people are loving new england because they love hazy beer and why is that? Is that just a style or is it mean it's got it's got a particular hops in it or what's what's the story? Give me the lowdown on the haze craze. Yeah, with the haze craze, um, there's two sides to it. So you have people that can just really appreciate like a creamy, you know, high ABV, easy drinking beer. And so those are people that typically love the haze craze. But then on the other side of that, you have people that are like, okay, I'm tired of hazy beer. You know, <laughs> give me clean beer again. Because just because it's hazy, it doesn't mean it's good. And uh, so there are a lot of different ways to get that haze effect. And it's not always a good thing. <laughs> it might be just not as uh, filtered uh, out of impurities, exactly. maybe. I see, I see. Okay, because I know that like the grapefruits and these are really, po I might be like completely passe, that trend may have passed. Yeah. But those are the ones that I can kind of uh, deal with. People uh, love the citrus, like the citrus nature of those beers. And typically, mm -hmm. depending on the type of hops that you use, you get a lot of that grapefruit, you mm -hmm. get a lot of stone fruit, the citrus flavor, um, orange, so... Do you like those or do you like other ones better? Yeah, I love everything. You know, I love hazy IPAs, um, but I also, people 
often ask me, what's your favorite style of beer? And so that's really hard for me because I am such a beer drinker. I like everything from like your most bitter West Coast IPA, which is going to be the opposite of that hazy, yeah. to your sours. So, wow, yeah, and I've seen that too. Hello, Zesties. I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine. But I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, it's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance. And it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise. And if you're older or you're worried about your balance, you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my NEDAC Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party. Because for me, exercise needs to be fun and invigorating. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that NEDAC is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC Rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overwhelm overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous, and it is really worth uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. It's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at ZestfulAging.com. I really am their biggest fan. So now, um, so you were saying exposure and, and maybe there's sort of a cultural uh, part of this where there's, there was some limited exposure. And now you're saying, listen, this is a great thing and I want to bring people in and make this a space for everyone. Do you have any uh, folks saying, you know, this isn't really that... I, I'm kind of interested, but it's a pretty big barrier to break through because I'm looking at all these white guys with beards and right. I don't even know, like, do I really want to even do that? Well, and I think that, you know, in the most recent years, we've seen from a lot of the overarching organizations like the Brewers Association, which is nationally, you know, the organization that is kind of an oversight body for all breweries across the country. 
Um, mm-hmm. We've seen them push a lot of different initiatives that focus on diversity and inclusion because I think people realize more than ever, you know, the issue is not that black people don't drink beer. It's not that brown people don't drink beer because obviously, you know, culturally and historically, we drink beer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just not drinking craft beer. And I think it's due to limited exposure and also mm-hmm. just that lack of access and, and feeling like, you know, we don't really belong when we yes. step into these breweries. Of course. Why would you like? There's a sense of like I'm gonna go and make my you know I I'm I'm I don't know I'm just imagining like I'm gonna go and make myself uncomfortable to have a beer exactly yeah and and who wants to really put themselves in that situation no No one. one. And so, you know, a mm-hmm. huge conversation over the past couple years mm-hmm. have really been, you know, how do we make tat rooms more inclusive? How do we make tat rooms more welcoming to people? And and how do you make someone walk through the door and feel like they can sit down and have a beer and not feel threatened or feel uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it really is a thing, you know, when you are a minority walking into a space where you are the only person that looks like you. And so one of my beliefs is that, you know, representation really matters. And so with that being said, a big part of why I wanted to do this initiative was to also help um, black and brown women and, you know, minority women find jobs in the craft beer industry. Mm-hmm. Because I feel mm-hmm. like if you walk in and you see someone behind the bar that looks like you, then maybe be more adamant mm-hmm. to sit down and have a beer, you know? It's great. Yeah, there's so many ways that I love that you're infiltrating this system. It's it's beautiful. Um, do you remember when you were in college and someone gave you a craft beer and you said, wow, this is not King Cobra. I'm liking this. Exactly. You know, I remember the like the exact moment because for me, you know, I always ask people, what was your gateway beer into craft beer? Because <laughs> a lot of times you just grow up drinking what you saw everyone else drink. And so that's typically Bud Light or in college, oh. I drank my share of Miller High Life because it was cheap. Yeah. And, um, and I remember going to Natty Greens and the first beer that was kind of like my gateway beer was this beer called Wildflower Wit. And it was a wit beer. So mm-hmm. kind of similar to wheat beers, more on the lighter side. Um, I would compare it to that of like a blue moon. You know, mm-hmm. you had very like citrus flavors, very mm-hmm. clean, and it was easy drinking. <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. I remember trying it for the first time, thinking to myself, wow, this is not King Cobra. And this is actually good. <laughs> and so it's funny because, you know, after that experience, like I said, every time I would go somewhere new, I would just try new beer. Mm-hmm. And then um, the brewing industry started picking up in the city. And so, you know, they would have different workshops on starting a brewery and, you know, what it meant to make beer. And I just remember going and being really interested But I remember the mindset changed when I would go out like to bars and stuff with my friends. And, you know, I felt such pressure to get like a girly drink, but I didn't want a girly drink. I wanted a beer. And so um, it's just interesting just like how the whole thing kind of just just falling in love with beer just kind of just shaped a lot of different things for me, even how I interact in different social environments. Mm -hmm. That's that's really wonderful. I, I was just, uh, do you use Untapped, that app Untapped? So I one? started off using Untapped, okay. but I will admit that I am horrible at it because I drink way more beer than what I actually track. And so like <laughs> <laughs> when you're at my level and like, I'm, I mean, drink beer is what I'm drinking all the time. It's so uh, hard to keep up with it. So I'm, I'm one of those people, like if I like it, I'll remember it. If I don't like it, I'll remember it. You don't need to rate it and comment. But people are so into it. And so mm-hmm. um, it's, it's funny though, because I will be 
um, doing like a Q&A session with Untap pretty soon. And I thought it was weird they reached out to me because I don't even use their app. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell, but you have to pretend it's the best thing ever, right? Exactly. So I think it's your- great. I am I am familiar with it only through my uh, spouse and uh, and whenever we travel you know that thing comes out and you know we're making our own beer trail and it's a great kind of complimentary thing because I knit so he'll go and get a flight of his you know whatever IPAs or whatever and I'm knitting and so it's kind of a good balance because you know I'll have a little bit and he'll say oh you'll like this one or here try this and I smell it and I say this smells like something I would take for like you know medication because it's so (laughs) strong I'm like put that away so um yeah that's been really fun just to I always bring my knitting with me because otherwise you're just sitting there watching somebody you know drink their beer have you ever thought of uh, a lot of people of course are now making their own beer is that something you're interested in so yeah, actually, um, here in Charlotte, I used to actually brew beer at a local brewery, and so my the last beer I brewed was a Bourbon Barrel Imperial Stout, and um, it actually just sold out. It was the first beer that was actually bottled. But yeah, I love brewing. Um, it's something that I didn't start off doing at home. You know, I always wanted to home brew, but I was really intimidated by the whole process. And so oh, yeah. I was really fortunate to get a job at a local brewery here. And so um, a, a great bonus to the job was, you know, I worked as a beer tender, but I also got to brew my own beer. So I brewed about four beers um, when I worked there. So I will say, you know, from a, a brewer standpoint, um, going to a tap untapped is really cool because it's kind of like, okay, do people really like your beer? And so I would go up there to see what ratings people gave my beer. So that was oh! really Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you can you can follow it. That's yep. that's really fun. I mean, that's always the, you know, to see how many stars you have is fun, yet a little frightening, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. So. so how many people do you think you've converted or you've I, that's not a good word, but maybe introduced to this world? What? What's oh, your gosh. community? A lot, a lot, huh? I, I would say a lot because it's kind of funny. So in Charlotte, the city that I, I, I live in, um, I definitely think we have a very um, a very open and engaging, like, you know, beer community. And it's, it's really like a big family. But even still here in Charlotte, I would say that, like, I easily stand out being the black girl that's in the craft beer. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've met so many people. I've introduced so many people. Even my sister, you know, starting off, she didn't really like beer, but I would drag her with me to breweries. And so <laughs> then she discovered she liked sours. And so I truly believe that there's a beer out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, talk to that person about what they like and mm-hmm. finding out what beer it is to give them. But I think there's a beer for everyone. And, you know, beer has truly been the the one thing that that connects me to so many different people in just my mm-hmm. personal and professional life and um that's been awesome mm-hmm. yeah there's so many there's so much depth to it right you can say oh this is a nice one it tastes good and then you can talk about what kind of hops it is right. and what kind you of know malt, oh i mean the chemistry <laughs> is so complex am i exactly. am i right yeah, and I tell people, you know, beer is science. And a lot of times you see the liquid and you just think, oh, this is really good. But when mm-hmm. you really dig into, okay, how that beer got in that glass and the different steps that it took, mm-hmm. um, that's what's really interesting to me. And so I think, you know, one of the things that really initiate, initially piqued my interest with beer is just the science behind it because it is chemistry. Mm-hmm. It really is chemistry. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, I've, I've, I, I live with someone who brews their own beer, and they he grows his own hops, and sometimes it doesn't come out well. Sometimes no. it's like really, really a dog, and it has to get <laughs> thrown into the compost. It's very uh, with the temperatures, right, and the cooling, yeah. and the ward, and the names are so funny. It's right. a whole, it's a whole world. So, do you? I'm curious, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but is do you have a dream of opening your own brewery? I know. So everyone asks me this question. I'm and, sure. And you know what? Before I used to always say no, and I used to always say no because honestly, people don't realize that breweries cost a lot of money to run. Mm, okay. And I mean, you talk about the first couple of years, you'll be lucky if you break even. So don't plan on making any money. <laughs> and so. Um, I used to always say that, no, you know, my I used to always say that my plan was to really be an operations manager for a brewery. So I'm, I'm really unique in the fact that I'm very extroverted, but then I'm also introverted. So like, I love working in the tap room. I love the people, but then mm -hmm. I also love just, you know, the day-to-day -day operations and just making sure that, you know, the brewery is successful and, and, and I love the business side of it. So before I would always say that as of recent, I would be open to my own brewery because I think one of the things I'm realizing with this initiative and just, you know, trying to make tap rooms more inclusive is that the best way to do that sometimes is kind of creating your own space. And so ah. I joke with people about, you know, we're constantly always asking for seats at the table. Well, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm bringing the table with me. Oh, uh, And so it's just a different mindset. Beautiful. You're bringing the table with you, and it sounds like you. There's an idea that you might want to just start from scratch and say, "This is what this is about." Exactly. Uh, come and this, on and in. This is the model, right? You because don't I have. Truly you're believe. not. You're not hitting resistance, right? You don't have to keep working with the resistance. Exactly, and you know, I do think that there are a lot of great breweries that are, you know. Um, really pushing forward and really trying to do their part. I know we've seen recently with this whole Black is Beautiful initiative that really started with just everything happening in the country with racial injustice, but kind of spilled over into the beer world. And so you have over 900 breweries around the country brewing this one beer and donating the proceeds, you know, back into the community. I think that's something special. And I think more than anything, we realize that you know, it's so much more than beer. And, you know, breweries, they, they play a huge part in just society as a whole and um, and making a difference in communities. And, you know, we've seen so many different breweries um, brew beer for different causes, whether it was, you know, domestic violence, you know, GLBTQ. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we have a voice and I think we really um, have the power to make a difference. And so this initiative just really helped me, you know, realize that because mm -hmm. I didn't have the money to pay for all the women to get certified, but um the the initiative the campaign closed two days ago and i raised over eight thousand dollars wow and so this is people seeing a need for this you know wanting to see the beer industry more diverse wanting to see it uh, more inclusive and so that makes my heart happy i i can imagine and i love the way you've merged something you love to do uh, which is appreciate fine finely crafted beers and then also um improving our world i mean what a great combination to feel like i love the beer and look what i am doing that's that's just in my mind that that's the ultimate beauty so um let's talk a little bit about legacy what's the legacy you'd like to leave 
I know. I, I love that question. And it's something that like I think about a lot. And it's like, I'm 32. So in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, I have so much, so much more time here on earth. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, who knows? Who knows? Um, and I think more than anything, you know, my goal in everything that I do is always to just really bring people together. And, you know, what my business, Beer Chick, and what it means, um, just really trying to celebrate and empower and connect people that share love of beer, but just connecting people in general. I feel like there is so much um, negativity in this world, so much hatred in this world. Mm-hmm. And so I really try to operate out of love and with compassion. And so bringing people together, you know, I hope that's my legacy. I hope that mm-hmm. when people think of me, they say, oh, well, Eugenia was always smiling mm-hmm. or she was always happy and willing to help mm-hmm. someone. And so I never meet a stranger and um, people are truly my passion. And so beer is just something that helps me connect to people. And that's why mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah, you found your calling. I mean, I can hear it in your voice and I saw it on um when you were on the news. It's just you are it, it just um sort of emanates through you, you know, your joy and and how much this means to you on so many different levels. It's lovely, lovely to see. Well, I know that you also have some really um cool t-shirts and merchandise am i re- am i uh, right about that yes 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 so um okay talk about where we can find you and get yeah. a, and a beer chick t-shirt because you know you don't find those at target you do not find those at target. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny that the whole story behind my brand so Initially, when I decided to start posting as Black Beer Chick, because I I identify myself as Black Beer Chick, um, I just created this persona to really just post pictures of my beer on Instagram, connect people through beer. And then from there, it kind of turned into like a passion project turned brand. And so um, Beer Chick is my company and Beer Chick is also my, my brand. And so um anyone interested they can definitely buy merchandise on my website and so the website is blackbeerchick.com mm-hmm. and so i sell t-shirts i sell koozies mm-hmm. buttons stickers coffee mugs mm-hmm. um with the cute little beer chick logo I'm, i I'm love really that going. logo where'd you get that beautiful logo so you know what i just kind of made it that bird that so chick I, yeah so the little chick um, I, I worked with an artist to just, cause I wanted something really simple, but mm-hmm. something that stood out. Yeah. And so, you know, beer, as far as the text was the simple part and just pairing it with a little chick. Mm-hmm. And so uh, sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to get it. Like today I was in the post office and he was like, beer, that's it. And I was like, <laughs> and it's a chick. He was like, oh, beer chick. I get it. That's so cool. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm known for my tie dye shirts. You know, I love tie dye. Mm-hmm. And I think probably because I I feel like I have such a, a bright personality and I'm kind of like very outgoing. So it mm-hmm. really fits fits me. Um, but yeah, so all my merchandise, like I said, you know, you can buy it on blackbeerchick.com. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely they can connect with me on Instagram at mm-hmm. blackbeerchick. Okay. So. And for people who are interested in applying for sponsorship, uh, where would they go? So for anyone that's interested in the program, like I said, so 
I'm paying for 50 women to get their certified beer server certification, 50 minority women. Mm -hmm. And then the actual organization, Cicerone, matched my 50 with 50. So Mm -hmm. now I have an opportunity to provide this exam to 100 women. Um, Mm -hmm. They can just reach out to me through email. So beerchickllc Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. Just really shoot me an email expressing interest. And so people can really just self-identify if they're interested Mm -hmm. in the program. Or if you know someone, um, you can also nominate them. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And this certification has meaning throughout all the states. Is that right? Oh, yeah. This certification, it has meaning throughout all of the states and really around the country because Cicerone is really the oversight body as it relates Mm. to beer education. And so a lot of times that is where you're going to get your credibility from. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are different levels. And so this level, level one, is basically a great introduction for anyone that's looking to really get into the beer industry, anyone that's really wanted to learn more of the technical side of beer. Mm -hmm. This is a great opportunity for them. I is what would it be like if I went into my local microbrew and, and and asked the server, "Are you Cicerone certified?" Yeah, I would say t- <laughs> they would probably like, give you that face, but I would say <laughs> typically at least one person in a brewery is usually going to be a certified Cicerone. I see. Um, just because, like I said, it's it's a different level of credibility, and people are not really familiar with the term, but I really compare it to a sommelier. So in yes, wine, I was um, just so it's like a beer expert. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely beautiful. And do people take it who aren't even like would regular uh, just, you know, people off the street who like beer, would they take it just to learn more? Is that something you would only really do to be a server or a brewmaster? No, definitely to learn more. Um, you know, I often tell people because people don't realize I don't work in beer full time. So full time, I work in mental health, which ah. is so random but i work in mental health full-time and so beer is really part-time and i hope to make it more full-time one day but um yeah it's for anyone that just really wants to learn more about beer that is interested obviously if you want to you know break into the industry as far as career-wise it's something great to have on your toolkit but a lot of the people that are actually you know your certified cicerones and your advanced cicerones a lot of them they don't even brew beer like it's not typically your brewer and i think that's what a lot of people would think um one of the ladies i'm working really close with on the initiative to just really help structure the program um you know she's in education full-time she just happens to be an advanced cicerone which there are only like 150 in the country um simply because she just loves beer so Mm -hmm. it's truly for any and everyone that just wants to learn more about beer um learn more of the technical aspects of it because like i said there is a lot of science involved there's a lot of chemistry involved and you know studying for level two is is like taking a college course again that's how intense it is Mm -hmm. wow wow i've learned so much speaking to you today and i thought <clears throat> for a woman, I knew a little bit more than than the average person, but um, there's so much more to it. And I am delighted that you're doing this work. I think it is so important. And um, I want people to uh, hop on over and, and look at these beautiful t-shirts, learn more about uh, all the, the great stuff you're doing, blackbeerchick.com. Eugenia Brown, thank you so much for spending time with us and educating us and, and, and telling us about your passion. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Up. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, uh, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. <music>